Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers about writers and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is May 17, 2016, and it is shaping up to be a gorgeous warm day outside here in south of Fremont, Nebraska. Now, I'm I'm recovering from laryngitis, so this will be interesting. I was able to do the show last week, and then I went backwards a little bit in terms of my ability to speak. <laughs> so hopefully we'll be able to go through this entire show and not have any, any blips or anything. I've got my tea at the ready so that I can keep everything uh, going for my throat and, and uh, voice and everything. So at any rate, that's what's going on with me. Uh, today we're going to be talking about marketing your contemporary romance novel. You know, and romance is traditionally a, a pretty tough nut to crack in, in terms of the field because it's, there's so many people that are producing romance novels in the various categories. And my guest today happens to be Gail Olmsted, and she has a background in marketing. In fact, she's been a marketing professor for a number of years, among other things. And so she's coming on to talk about her books. But more specifically, we're going to talk about the marketing side of it because I was very intrigued. I went over to Amazon to check out her books, of course. And one of her books, Guessing at Normal, is doing really well in the contemporary romance category. In fact, its paid ranking is 11,277. That's pretty darn good. And in her categories, she's got it in literature fiction, women's fiction, then romance, and it's number 803. And then in the Kindle store in women's fiction, it's 990. And in contemporary women in books, it's 1256. So she's doing really well. And I got curious about that. I'm like, ooh, something's working. I want to know what it is. So let's bring Gail on to Back Porch Rider. Welcome to Back Porch Rider, Gail. Hi, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I'm glad you could be here today. I'm sure you, you heard all of my stuff there in the intro. And I'm just, you know, first, let's start with, tell everybody a little bit about you and what you write. I gave them a little bit, but not much. So you can tell us more. Okay, well, my first book, uh, Jeep Tour, is a contemporary romance, kind of a coming-of-age novel of a middle-aged woman uh, doing, uh, getting a second chance, I guess, at a, at a happy ever after. Um, I went to um, Sedona, Arizona with my family years ago, and I was just amazed at how beautiful it was. And I spoke with so many people, and I didn't think anything about a book at the time. And everyone said, oh, I came here on vacation, and I just loved it, and I quit my job, and I moved here, and I started over, and I thought, <laughs> Wow, what would that even be like? I couldn't, you know, I couldn't imagine. But I, I got this image of a, um, of a woman, um, a marketing professor, and that's what, what I am. Um, they're on a, a convention or a conference, and deciding to chuck it all and and uh, see what it was like starting over in Sedona. So um, I, I refer to it as a contemporary romance, um, and although the, the love interest in it is a central uh, aspect of the book. It's really, um, a lot of people have said to me, you know, it's, it's really women's fiction. It's really 
um, you know, a story about uh, this woman's quest to kind of find herself and uh, if that involved. And at the time, I didn't know how it would end. You know, when I wrote the book, that's, I think, the most mm-hmm. surprising thing about writing. I really didn't know, will she end up with the new guy? Will she end up alone? Will she meet somebody else? Will she, You know, how will it end? And, and I really wanted to tell that story, so... Uh, and, and read that story, so I wrote it. So, um, so that was a lot of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so many people can, particularly women, relate to that sort of topic. I know in my own life, I've traveled extensively, and there were several times where I thought, I think I'll just stay here, <laughs> wherever here happened to be at that moment. So I think a lot of people can relate to that. So you mentioned that you didn't know how this story was going to end, and that makes me think that perhaps you're not a plotter when you're writing. Is that true? Not too much. No, I, I have a. I think what I start out with, and I just finished. Um, I just finished my third book, so I guess I can say um, this with some, you know, some authority. That I think what I start out with is clearly defined, at least in my head characters and what they're all about. I think of, I picture what they look like. I picture what they eat for breakfast. I picture what they wear when they go to sleep. I, you know, I, I really have a very strong idea of, of who they are. And then along the way, you know, I let them be flexible and be open to change and be open to starting over or taking a chance or doing something stupid you know, all uh, I think all three of my main characters in all three books do things that, you know, to the outside observer, they might say, wow, that was really kind of stupid. Like, why did you do that? But we all do stupid <laughs> things. And sometimes we, you know, learn from them and move on. And sometimes they turn out to be really smart things. So I think, you know, so I don't really plot out, you know, and then they're going to go here, then they're going to go there. It just... I know the people, I know the characters, and I let them kind of dictate it. It sounds so so weird to even say that, but really that's what happens. You know, it doesn't sound weird to people who are like you. <laughs> you know, okay. I think it, it, it sounds a little strange to people who are really plotters. I'm not as much of a plotter. I'm more like you. And so that doesn't sound strange to me at all. Um, I'm trying to become more of a plotter because I know that it helps me when I get into my revision and editing process if I do a little bit more planning up up front. But like you, I get to, I know my characters really, really well. And I mean, I can tell you all kinds of backstory and things like that, but it's because I just, I think about them all the time. (laughs) Oh, I do too. I think, what would they do? You know, what would the, how would they react to that? Or would they, if they met this person or they had this experience, would they, you know, kind of learn from it, get annoyed by it, or, you know, how would they, how would they respond? So I think that's, I think that's that voice. You just have to, you know, listen to um, what, you know, and, and that's what a good editor, hopefully that, you know, if you have a good editor, that's what they can help you with is the, the plotting and say, you know, it, it took you the first hundred pages to get to the meeting this special person and maybe you should have made it happen a little bit earlier or whatever. Um, so, you know, and then you go back and you, you know, you revisit things or you rework certain things. Um, I tend to have, you know, I start out, I think, with a with a fairly lengthy uh, manuscript and then cut out some of the side stories that really don't add to the plot or don't further the character's development. I'm learning all these terms. I, I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not a, I never took 
courses in creative writing in college. I was all business all the way. So this is a new thing to me, a whole new, whole new uh, area to, to learn. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of good people and to learn from, too, so that makes it easy. Oh, a, a, a ton. But, you know, I, I think that sometimes, oftentimes, actually, um, the people that I enjoy reading happen to be people who don't have a background in creative writing, and they just sit down and they start to, you know, ferret their way through figure it out, um, and they just write what they are interested in, and then it comes across in the in the book that they're writing. Yes. So that, yes. having that background, I don't think is a necessity at all, actually. Um, but in any case, that's just my opinion on it. Um, let's get into the marketing side of things a little bit, because as I mentioned in the intro, guessing at normal is sitting in a ranking that's really good, actually. I think, what did I say, 11? It's in the, it got a paid ranking of 11,277. As of today, that's the ranking um, for that book. And you, what Booktrope put this out in June of 2015, and that's where it's sitting, which is, like I said, that's really good. We're talking you know, almost a year later, and that's right. the, the ranking. So tell me how that happened. How did you get this book ranking so well? Well, I think the main thing um, is to try to get a good sense of who your target audience is. And I, th- I say that's the main thing, and I've been teaching marketing now for, for decades, and I tell my students that, and I, I say that that's rule number one of marketing is to know your audience and know who you're targeting. But I also know now from personal experience that's the hardest thing to do because you think you know <laughs> who you're reaching or you think you know who you want to reach, but they're – you know they're 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 out there hiding and 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 you can't you know say well I think my ideal reader is a you know 35 year old woman who does this or who you know stay at home mom or whatever I I think those readers come in so many different shapes and sizes and ages and interests it's hard to do the um, I think the thing that that I've I've tried to do is is leverage as much as I can on, on social media and. And again, I've taught this for years from a you know third-party kind of objective point of view. But when you're you know learning to tweet and using Instagram and and trying to create a fan page on Facebook or trying to create a website for yourself and generate traffic towards it and write a blog and get people to, it's it's so so different. And and I you know I found myself kind of thinking the same thing that some of the I've done some outside consulting over the years and. I found myself thinking the same thing that some of my clients have said about, well, what if it's a really good, shouldn't it just, you know, do well on its own? And why do I have to write a blog? And why do I have to do all this? But you have to. So I just started, you know, from from scratch coming up with, um, coming up with, you know, getting, trying to get, generate reviews because that certainly gets that Amazon algorithm uh, going. Uh, I've engaged in some um, some free previews and some discounted uh, ebook promotions primarily. Uh, I've done readings. I've um, tr- again I've created a blog and tried to link that to authors that I find are similar to me. But that's difficult to do also because you hate to compare yourself to people that are. Well, I mean you don't hate to, but it sounds a little bit. Um, unrealistic to say, oh, I think my books are similar to this person or that person um, in, in style or in tone or whatever. 
so it's 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 a challenge. I mean, it's it's a work in progress. I'll, I'll definitely say, marketing books has been, in my opinion at least, a uh, much much bigger challenge than writing them, and uh, and mm-hmm. that's that was a, that was a big surprise to me. Mm. That's actually what I've heard from lots of authors who, that I've spoken with through the show, um, and many of them hate marketing. They can't stand it because it's they feel like they're being spammy. Um, they feel like they're pushing their stuff onto onto the readers and things like that. And I always found that interesting because my view on it is I happen to like marketing and I like to learn about marketing. Um, and I learned very early that while it might feel uncomfortable to comp- compare myself to some other author, that's exactly what other what big publishing houses do. They say things like, well, if you enjoy so-and-so, then you're definitely going to like this author because this is how they are and how they're like that person. And I figure, well, I'm going to, I'm going to follow suit there. I'm going to do what the, the, big, the big publishers do. And so I, as uncomfortable as it might seem, I decided I would just do that. And so I compared myself to Ivanovich and Muller and, and Grafton, people like that, because I write mystery thrillers. And I read their mystery thrillers and like them a lot. And so there's no doubt that the way they write influences, to some degree, the way I write and, and how I present things. And so I got over that, actually, <laughs> and became really comfortable and, and with think, it. I, I think you have to, you know, I mean, that, that comes with confidence and that comes with, with and, and, you know, people aren't out there saying, oh, you know, look at her comparing herself to such and such. You know, they, they, but they, like you said, they do, people do appreciate that and it gets them thinking, oh, so that's what this might be because if they haven't heard of right. us or our books, they want something, uh, even for a, you know, a 99-cent download, they want some assurance right. that it's going to be something that they, uh, you know, might enjoy. So, right. it, uh, See, it, is, it is necessary. So what – you mentioned social media, and, and I know authors struggle with that too. Are you – what social media are you using? Because it's impossible, from my perspective, to do everything. So where are you focusing your efforts? Right now, I'm focusing more of my efforts on on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'm I'm just starting into uh, into Instagram. Uh, I have created a couple of Pinterest uh, pages, but that that I'm struggling with. I I I, I look at Pinterest in a in a different way, and although I know that it, it can be done, and possibly something I will be doing. Um, right now, most of it is is focused on, on on Facebook and Twitter, and I think what I'm learning there is that the key to social media is you have to be social. You can't just be saying buy my book, buy my book. Oh, by the way, you should buy my book. You have to take the time to to let readers get to know you, get to know other writers. That's what I found. I don't know if if this is the the, the right time, but what I found to be the most positive experience of this whole journey over the last few years is how supportive other writers have been. Um, it's, you know, it's not an either or, either they'll buy my book or they'll buy your book. Right. It's, you know, good writing and good experiences lift everybody in terms of readership and viewers and and, uh, and interest level. So I've, I've just... I've tried to give back as well. You know, when I when I see people posting questions about how do I do this or what's the best way, I jump in. I give them my opinion. 
I get I try to get to know you know some of these folks because it's it it, it helps you learn as well. So mm-hmm. I, I, again, I, I think you just have to be social, you know, and and it's not just all uh, by my book. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, that's an end result that'll happen. But you learn a lot, and you meet a lot of people, and there's a lot of good options like like your show. I mean, I you know you don't know about these things unless you uh, reach out or, or talk to other people, see what they're doing, and, you know, try to see if it works for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you also mentioned blogging. Now, is that something that you do regularly? Not as regularly as I like. I did uh, cre- I created a, um, my own web page um, a couple months ago, and one of the features of that web page is a, uh, is a blog, and I tend to write about pop culture, um, writing, but not necessarily about my books, but more about uh, what I'm what I'm reading and how it's affecting my writing. So it, it's not a veiled attempt to say, oh, buy my books, like this character, this book. You know, it's you really have to. Uh, I I feel like you really have to um, have something of interest. To, to, um, I just mm-hmm. wrote an article when uh, when Prince um, died suddenly a few a few weeks ago. I had been thinking um, about um, uh, musicians and rock stars and how we always you know this, we always have the same response when one of them passes away. Oh my God! I just listened to them on the radio. Oh, how did that happen? I I, I love them. You know, I listen to them all the time. And you just think these people are larger than life and they should be you know, live forever like they were when you were in high school and playing their albums or whatever. So I wrote this whole blog about, uh, you know, what's happening to, to rock stars and, um, and you know, musicians and kind of the, the people whose posters we had on our wall growing up and all that. And it had nothing to do with my writing. It had nothing to do with, uh, you know, with my books, although in Guessing It Normal, the main love interest is a rock star. So it's obviously a, an interest of mine. But um, I just tried to write this article from my, you know, from my heart and from my own uh, feelings. And it it got a lot of, you know, I mean, a lot of people were sharing it and posting it. And um, it's, you know, kind of has a a little life of its own. And if if 1% of the people that read it says, gee, I wonder what else she's written and finds one of my books, that's great. But it kind of has to stand you know, stand on its own, I think, too. Otherwise, it's just a, a veiled, thinly veiled attempt to say, buy my book, buy my book. So it's, um, <laughs> it's been interesting. I, 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 I held <laughs> off for a long, long time. I kept saying to myself, I, I'm trying to write books here. I don't have time to write blogs. This is ridiculous. But I think it's one of those things that if you really want to put yourself out there and, and you know, gain exposure long term, it's, um, you know, something that needs to be done if you have something to say. So no, I don't I don't blog every week or even every two weeks. I'm probably averaging every three or four weeks, which is probably not often enough to make it a regular thing yet, but it uh you know, it's a work in progress. <laughs> Just like me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well you know it's I a year or so ago I started a plan where I was blogging every week and I run several different sites. And so I was blogging on every single site um, and making sure I got something out there. And the consistency, I will say, was a a really good thing for all of the sites that I operate um, because I could see the numbers and see um, that people were looking at it. 
the the challenge I've always had is I don't get a lot of engagement. So I I mean in, they're actually like leaving comments and things. I'm not getting a lot of that, but I know I see people people um, are looking at the the sites and reading different articles and things like that. And now I'm not doing that as consistently for a variety of reasons. <laughs> but I did experiment with it to see what it would do. So I know that it can be effective to have a blog. I think you hit the nail on the head, though. There's there's something about if you don't have anything, if you don't feel like you have anything really to say, it feels very forced to try and create a consistent habit of creating a blog post, no matter how many yeah, blog posts you know, blogs you have. It just feels like, wow, I don't really have much to say. And that that's part of what made me step away from it a little bit because I needed to regroup and see if I could come up with some things that I really wanted to blog about. Because like you, I feel like this is, this is a waste of time. <laughs> I should be writing my books. And so when I pull away from writing books to do a blog article of some kind, it really needs to be something I'm, I have an interest in. I think other people would have an interest in. Otherwise, I do view it as a waste of my time um, and my writing energy. So that's very interesting. And, and so, is that a challenge for you too? Is trying to figure out like when you have the time. I mean, when you when you sit down and say, okay, I'm going to devote myself. Do you write something new? Do you market something you've already written? Do you work on your blog or on your you know social media? It's mm-hmm. it's always a, a challenge to me to to try to figure out um, not just what I'm in the mood to do, but what I you know kind of what I should be doing when I'm not doing my day right. job or engaging with my family right. or, you know, anything, it's it's like, well, let's see, if I have a couple of hours, should I, you know, try to do some, you know, work on Facebook? Should I write that new chapter? Should I, it's, um, it's mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's a great problem to have because it means you have lots of, lots of things that are, you're engaged in and lots of things you're interested in. But I always wonder if I spent more time doing this and less time doing this, what would be the you know, what would be the result? And you really don't know, but, um, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you just get a feeling of, yeah. of uh, okay, put the pen, you know, put this down and, and go work on something else. Right. My The way I've approached it um, in recent years is that I focus on my, my novels, my books, or the short story collections that I had been working on. Um, and I tend to write in the morning. So when I'm actively working on a book or a series of short stories, I write in the morning. And then everything else, marketing, anything that falls in that category is an afternoon activity for me because it's a different mind, you know, different, requires a different thought process to do that. Yeah. Oh, that so it's kind of how good. I yeah. divide up my day, you know, mm-hmm. but then I've got podcasts to do too, so I've got to work that in there. But that, that's kind of what I've done and what, what works for me um, in terms of organizing things. I'm actually really good at time management. <laughs> but that's, that's good. That, that's, that's a great the, skill to have. I, I I think I am, and then sometimes I think, oh, you're not that good. <laughs> the caveat, yeah, though, I, is, I you know, it's, there's a few things that are different. You know, if you're someone who's working a full-time job somewhere else, you've got to really know how to organize your time differently than someone like me that I'm an entrepreneur and I'm really in charge of my schedule. And so mm-hmm. I, I can really move things around. I have a tremendous amount of flexibility. So it's a different approach to it. And I think that's another reason why authors like to listen to people like you and then like me and, and see how we do it differently. What are we doing that's in common, but how are we doing things differently? Because we don't have the same um, experience in terms of jobs and, and things. And I know a lot of authors are working full-time gigs and have to sneak in their writing here and there. Um, now, you mentioned, we've got a couple minutes, book trope is who you were working with, right? Yes, yes. They've, yeah. yeah, they they okay. have been my publisher, and uh, they announced 
uh, two and a half weeks ago that they were going to be shutting down operations on May 30th, which came as a huge surprise to their hundreds of uh, authors that are, (laughs) um, I think a few people said, oh, I saw the writing on the wall, but I wasn't one of those people. I was just kind of secure in the fact that they would, you know, handle, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, administrative, uh, you know, formatting and editing and proofreading issues for me and leaving me free to, uh, you know, write my books and, and, you know, contribute certainly to the marketing uh, efforts, but uh, they will be, uh, you know, like I said, re- reverting the rights back to me on June 1st for my uh, three novels that I have with them. And uh, so I've had to scramble to, you know, get new ISBNs and, you know, set up everything with, with Amazon and, and the other, you know, channels of distribution. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it was something I, I certainly, like I said, I did not see, I did not see that coming. Um, and uh, but but again, I found so much support from um, my my colleagues at Book Trope, from other independent authors that have said, you know, do this, do this. I'll help you do this. Send me your, you know, you know, send me your cover, and I'll pull the references to Book Trope off of it and for free. And don't worry about it. And I'll send it back to you, and you can get me some other time. So um, the you know mm-hmm. the support and the. Um, very, very positive uh, feedback from others is, is is helped, but I was crushed at first. I was just ah, I was just so surprised, you know. It just it just kind of came out of nowhere, as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it's it's a tough publishing is a tough gig. I mean, it's it's their model was was good for a while. They they had a six year run at it, which isn't you know all that long, but it um, the last you know year and a half or so, which is about the same time I signed on with them, uh, they really started to kind of lose their lose their footing. So it um yeah, will be a it'll, it'll be a, a change certainly. But I'm kinda of excited about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 something different and um I can kind of get a little bit of control back. I can also adjust my prices. The prices that they were uh, charging for the print books uh, on on Amazon or Barnes and Noble for my two books were were much much higher than I would have liked, and uh, I've adjusted mm-hmm. them down. So as of June first, readers will see a you know slightly revised book, but basically the same one, but for for several dollars less. So I'm I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. So maybe it'll be a good yeah, thing for, for the reader. <laughs> yeah. They'll be happy, and it's it, you're right. I think it's it's an exciting thing. Change can be very scary, but at the same time, it can be really exciting to see what they were doing that now you need to pick up <laughs> and learn. You know that yeah. that could be a lot of fun. So it is. It real is. quick, and what, yeah, and, and and again, the, the 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 support and the feedback from people that you know were either on my team or um, or people that I you know kind of knew through the community. The support mm-hmm. has just been phenomenal. I mean, I'm. I'm so I'm trying to help others the way I've been uh, helped, right. but it's uh, I, I don't think I have quite as much to offer as some folks who have, you know, really good experience with, uh, you know, editing or formatting or proofing or, uh, you know, getting the covers designed and all that. I'm, I'm creative, but sometimes the execution and the logistics are what uh, you know kind of throws me throws me a curve. So it's uh, nice to know there's there's steps that you can take and kind of a you know, a plan to follow. So that's, that's been helpful. 
Now, we have about 30 seconds. You have a third book coming out, and I think I read it's coming out in, in uh, this summer called yes, Driving yes. on the Left. Is that right? Driving, Driving on, the on the Left, yes. It's a sequel of sorts to Jeep Tour, which is um, based in Sedona, Arizona. But Driving on the Left is um, the same main characters, but uh, this one is based in Ireland. So, of course, they truly are driving on the left side of the road. <laughs> and... Um, was inspired by a trip that my daughter and I took. Uh, she had just graduated from college, and she and I took a uh, a, a jeep tour in a way of of, of Ireland. And uh, so, uh, once again, there's a hunky tour guide, uh, but uh, somebody else does the falling for him this time. It's not my main character anymore. She's uh, she's watching all this, kind of with, kind of with horror, saying, "Oh no, it's, it's deja vu all over again." So it's uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that out. Um, um, I, I was hoping June, but I think right now I'm going to say July would be a, a safe bet. All right. Well, Gail, thank you so much for being here with me on Back Porch Writer. Thank you so much. This has been great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. That is all we have time for. I hope you were able to eke out a few tips there. You know, there's some common themes. Use social media, but figure out what's going to work for you. You know, plan your day. Know when the best time for you to write is, or just sneak out little snippets. 15-minute writing sprints are can be amazingly productive. Even 10 minutes can be amazingly productive. So do that sort of thing. You know, I I appreciate your time, and I'm glad that you were able to listen to this episode. You can listen to all the other episodes in the archive, too. There's been some great guests on this show, so check it out. Thanks for joining me. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. <laughs>